Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Modern Couples, What Your Therapist Never Told You. My name is Rick Miller. My name is Lillian Borges. And we're both therapists who love working with couples and sharing the news with you. So thanks for joining us. Today's topic is speaking different languages. And Lillian, I know you have a great case. Yes. You know, there was a time in uh, in my career that I had a lot of couples who met at the internet and they were from different countries. Of course, one person lived here, was American, and the other person was from another country. But because I spoke or I still speak Portuguese and Spanish, I had a lot of couples that came to me because I spoke different languages and I could translate for them. Can I ask a question? Yes, go ahead. How did they communicate with each other before you could do the translating? Yes, so to my surprise, I think through the internet, they used the Google Translate, they used different translators in their phone and everything. But then when you live with someone, that that's not sustainable. You cannot use the translators all the time. <laughs> Hence Lillian as the couples therapist. Exactly. So nowadays, I do not accept those cases anymore because it's too much for me to translate. And besides, if I am, they cannot take me home, you know, to do the translations all the time. They need to to handle themselves, you know, what they're going to do with the difference in in the languages. Do you mind if I ask one more question? I'm kind of intrigued about how they met. And I understand they met online and there was an attraction and they had to figure out how they were going to communicate with each other. But what were the deeper issues in their connections that went beyond language because something had to sustain them moving forward, correct? Sometimes they did not take enough time to really get to know the partner, know who they are really, who they are really in the world and what they wanted for their lives. So they meet online, they see this exotic person and they start talking, you know, by text messages and, you know, the translations. And then they usually meet in their country, either in Brazil or other uh, South American countries. And uh, it's lovely. It's vacation time. They usually spend a couple of weeks or 10 days together. And then so they fall in love. They create the attachment. But the base or the the foundations of the relationship is not there. So I'm not saying that all couples are like that, but I'm saying that a lot of couples with the differences in the language will will and they coming from different backgrounds and in different countries will have that issue. Of course, I'm thinking about you knowing that you're from a different country and that you've lived in the United States. Sorry to throw you there. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, that's <laughs> the elephant in the room. <laughs> right. And um, I did come here, but I learned English since I was twelve years old in a private English school. So when I when I met my husband, he, we spoke the same language. So that was not a, a problem. Of course, when I moved, when you move to another country, there's a lot of 
adaptations and and uh, things that you have to do. And I had a teenage daughter that was also difficult for her to adapt. So you have all that, and you cannot foresee all the issues that you're going to face. But I think that it's what brings me, you know, makes me or surprises me is that couples who do not speak the same language, they make this huge investment and change in their lives. And to live with a partner they don't know very well, and they cannot speak the same language. It sounds so scary and alienating to me to be in a new relationship, not really know each other, and suddenly be thrust into living in a different place and realizing that the person that you fell in love with is so different from what you expected them to be, which is, of course, the case for many couples that come to our offices for couples therapy. Yes, yes. But you brought something really important is that we do need to have a very solid foundation for the relationship. And in order to have that, you need to get to know each other. And a lot of times we do not take the time. We have to understand that every couple is a multicultural couple in a sense that they come from different family backgrounds, from different states, part of the country. Alaska is very different from Alabama. It you know, is. It's two different planets. And we need to understand who are the culture, who is the person that we are married into, really. I also think it's up to each person from a different culture to spend a lot of time talking about their families, to educate their partner about their culture that they're from and what the norms are, and to have conversations about what's similar in their upbringings or, predictably, what's different in their upbringings and what that means for their own day-to-day life. And I'm thinking about one couple in particular that I've worked with where one person is from Asia and the experiences of these people were so vastly different. And the person that didn't speak a lot of English never went to great lengths to improve his English. And it really got to his partner also a man, uh, because the partner began to wonder how much he really wanted to assimilate and what were his motives for being here. Yeah, I had couples like that too, where one partner, and this is a heterosexual couple, and uh, she had been living here for 13 years back then, nowadays much more, but um, she never learned the language. She only spoke their native language. What do you make of that? I think that in her case, you know, the husband was very controlling, maintaining her own language, and she Uh was actually protecting her individuality, her herself, her, you know, because otherwise he would be too intrusive in everything that she did. So I know you well enough to know that you wouldn't want her to give up who she is as a couples therapist, but you also wouldn't want her to use her power unconsciously or maybe consciously and indirectly. Instead, you would want 
her to be able to reprioritize how they operate as a system, as a couple? Was that something you were able to do? A little bit. I think that she uh, started being a little bit more empowered and knowing that she could do that in other ways. I told her my own personal story, right? Because, you know, especially when you're living in another country and you do not dominate the language as well, I told her that I needed to fight as well as my husband. So I learned very good English. So with, with so, specific so we words. are at par. Yes. Yeah, so we are at par, at par when you when we are uh, discussing or when we are in conflict. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll be uh, would not be fair to me. I have some friends I'd like to talk about. They're a multicultural couple, both from different countries. They are so respectful of each other. They say each other's names with the right dialect, with the right accent. Um, the Spanish-speaking woman has taught her children Spanish, and I'm supposing her husband also speaks Spanish. And her culture is part of their daily life, and it's strong. Oh, I love that. Isn't that nice? I love that. Yes, because trees need to have healthy roots yes. to grow and be healthy, right? So it is the mother and the father part of the, the roots of the tree. And sometimes when a person comes to the U.S., depending on the environment where they land, the environment are not very welcoming. So they feel that they have to let go of, you know, their background. And sometimes that's why they do not want to learn the language because they do not want to let go of part of who they are. I can't say I blame them. What a horrible feeling to have to yes. kind of peel off something that's been so integral in your entire life. Exactly. But when your when your partner welcomes that, values, respect, you know, honors that, and not only that, they teach to their children, I think that's the best case scenario. That is wonderful. And I think visiting the partner's country is also important because there are things that you cannot teach or or talk about verbally. You have to be there to to actually experience. It's kind of interesting how many cross-cultural couples I work with. And in some instances, they don't even FaceTime with their families and their partners together. So they'll go to a different room and FaceTime or Zoom. And I'll be saying, why don't you introduce them to each other? Um, and it's interesting how they avoid making that connection stronger, which will only help their relationship with each other and their family connection as well. I think it it has to do sometimes with save uh, saving face for the family uh, because they don't speak the same language. They feel a little embarrassed. The family members feel a little embarrassed yeah. to talk to uh, the partner. So there is a little bit of strangeness sometimes, and that's why I said going to the meeting them personally going to the country where your partner is from is so important right because then you 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 have the the energy you can make the connection with the family in a different way 
I want to add a little wrinkle to all this for gay couples that grew up in countries and families that don't really understand what being gay is or are homophobic. That presents a whole other layer and a challenge, which is why a lot of these couples are protecting themselves. However, isn't extended family so vital in all of our lives and in the well-being of our family, meaning couplehood? Yes. And some cultures, like Asian cultures or Latino cultures, the way that family is involved in their children's life, it is much more involved, very different from from here. And sometimes the partner doesn't understand that. You know, there is a, a little bit of a conflict there. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit that's a part of this, and you and I have spoken about it, which is there are a lot of ways that couples communicate that's also nonverbal. We express joy, we express intimacy, we express love, we express irritation. And sometimes these states don't need a specific word to convey it. And we can read our partner's body language. We can look at their face and get a sense of what they're experiencing. We can choose to be open, available, and expressive or closed off and protective. So I think the nonverbal communication is a big part of how couples from different cultures and that speak different languages are able to understand each other. Yes. And I think when we talk about cross-cultural couples, we see that communication is not only the words that you use. You know, a couple is a team. If what you're saying is not being understood by your partner, it is the, the job of the two of you, your responsibility of the two partners to make that work, you know? So do you use the communication as a weapon or as a bridge? Do you want that to connect in, in those two worlds? Or do you want to use that as a weapon that you criticize your partner for not learning the language and getting upset and annoyed? Oh, well, you married or you chose your partner who don't speak the language. <laughs> you knew that problem, you know, when you, when you married your partner. So it is the responsibility of the two of you to communicate well. Absolutely. And I think what you're getting at with this is really central to all couples, which is we have a choice about how we're going to communicate, how we're going to express our closeness or our dissatisfaction and how we deal with it. And frequently, the couples that come to my office have been stuck in a pattern of only expressing displeasure and not expressing enough pleasure. Don't you think that 90% of your clientele, maybe even higher percentage, come to you saying that they have communication issues? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And a good number of those people, of course, want us as the couples therapist to fix the other person and sometimes to kind of get them caught. See? See what they're like? See what I mean? See what I have to deal with? <laughs> yes, you know, there takes two to tango. Yeah. And I think that communication is a big issue, and but it's not always means the same thing for different couples. I think, yes, they do have 
communication issues most of us do, but what does that mean for each couple is different. And it's our job to help them figure that out. And I think that every couple has their own love language. We were talking earlier about sleeping with the dogs, and that can be one love language. But another love language is developing rituals and nicknames and ways of being with each other that don't just include words. And to make sure that each couple emphasizes how they love each other, how they connect with each other, and what about their bond is so important. That's my takeaway with all this. Yeah, I'm, my takeaway is how do you use your communication? If you're not getting what you want from your partner, ask yourself, are you using your communication as a weapon or as a bridge? The two of you are a team. So the communication is needs to be done by the two of you and helping, right? How can you help your partner in their communication? I love the word bridge, Lillian. It's a perfect metaphor because it is a bridge between being connected, but it's also in this instance, a bridge between two different cultures that needs to be connected. Two different worlds. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, thank you. This is a great topic and I love it. It's fun. Thank you. So thank you for listening to the Modern Couples Podcast and we hope to see you real soon. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.